Hello, and welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's just been a couple of days. I don't know. I'm feeling a little out of it, but... That's me every day. <laughs> not so much that we're not going to give it a college try here and record a little show. Wow. My name is Dustin Morbido. Joining me today to talk about video games and stuff. <laughs> Lorraine Morbido was here. <laughs> Dramatic pause. I'll, I'll cut the pause. Damn. <laughs> Depriving the I people wanted to let at home. You, I wanted to let you yawn. I didn't want to interrupt your... Again, that's fine. We're both a little, you know... Some days get on top of you. Every day. Does <laughs> Every day gets on top of you. Yeah, that's fair. But just got to keep going. As far as other stuff that's going on. Yeah, we did some we did some demoing of our most recent build of Super Cucumber. And it went okay. I mean, lots of stuff needs to be changed, fixed, iterated on, and built. But it's super valuable to get some eyeballs on things. Mm-hmm. Get, uh, you know, at least a few hours of playtime outside of us. Because, <laughs> again, it's just a... It, at some point, it becomes impossible to make uh, like broader, more meaningful shifts in like structure or even observations. Honestly, yeah, it like... just it just is valuable to get more perspective mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from outside of the immediate uh, vicinity people of people working, working on, on a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's been good. Uh, it's a fun couple of days of doing that. Which again, that's kind of also its own time sink thing mm-hmm. where you got to get the build ready, you got to get it out there. Eventually, got to have some people play it, and you got to digest their feedback. Uh, plan changes accordingly. It's all been a th- that's been most of our weekend, basically, yeah. for, as far as game stuff goes, is that that kind of stuff. But it has been good. It's just it's just been uh, involved, mm-hmm. but it's coming along. Uh, and I had posted another like very minor. I put the uh, the build we had Brian and Amanda mess with because it, it, I just fixed a couple other stray things that people yeah. had noticed on Friday in there, um, like some UI stuff and stuff like that. But that's on Discord now. So I'm going to try to post a build every month on there. I'm going to attempt to. (laughs) We'll see how that goes in practice. But like theoretically, that's what I'm going to try to do is to just keep putting stuff out there. And if anyone wants to try it out, great. If not, whatever, you know, (laughs) we got to keep building it regardless. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're definitely going to try to keep uh, getting updates, getting feedback and making changes and making the game better. But if you want to check that out. There is still a link, I believe, in the top blog post on the website. And if not, the day this podcast goes up, then within the next couple of days, I am going to add a permanent link to that Discord server in our like social media hub at the top of our webpage. So if you go to cubehorngames.com, click the Discord icon, either right this moment or in the ne- very near future, you will be able to join our game dev server where we're working on stuff. And if you've got anything that you're working on, we'd love to have you share it there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll definitely try to give our thoughts on that when we can, play it on stream at some point, potentially. All kinds of stuff going on as far as making games. Talking we, about games. Yeah, as we continue to try to figure all this shit out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and get our own stuff out there and try other people's stuff. It's, again, it's just been a fun, exhausting process. Yes. Like, it's been it's been good, and it's just, uh, it's only so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it has been a good couple of days of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really all we've got going on as far as game dev stuff. As far as game play and stuff... We did play a couple things over the last couple weeks on stream. Yeah. A couple more games from the local community, as a matter of fact. And we'll still be on lookout for other stuff. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to play over the next couple weeks. And it's possible that if I just get overwhelmed with other shit, maybe we'll take another week or two <laughs> off streaming. Who knows? I'm not sure yet, honestly. Because I'm like, like I said, we, I have a, we have a bigger list of stuff to get done, I think, than, at least for me, <laughs> than usual. Just because there's, like, like I said, we got a lot of feedback, so... Mm-hmm. In addition to things in my the back of my head that I knew I was already going to work on, there's other stuff. Yeah, and instead of just like 
new things or like the prior list that's more just i don't know just more <laughs> yeah it's a lot of stuff to do a different column but in any case over the past couple of weeks we played a couple things from the community uh both kind of works in progress in one way or another and the first one in chronological order wow. <laughs> was crab war crab war which was a game jam project that came out of kaiju jam 2 and it's basically a tank game where you play as a tank and you have to defeat other tanks in tank combat. And crab then, tanks. <laughs> crab tanks in tank combat. And then eventually... Uh, destroy a big d- crab. D- destroy a big crab with a big crazy missile. Mm-hmm. They also added a... Because um, you didn't, wouldn't have seen this on stream, but when we, I did that other playtest session on Discord, on mm-hmm. the locally sourced Discord, they had added a second level. Nice. So there was like a new arena with uh, that was a little more... Like that first one was kind of like coastline. Mm-hmm. This one was more like flat urban terrain. Or it was like a lot more like kind of houses and like more of a square shape area. Interesting. But yeah, the core gameplay was still, you know, roam around and sure. I mean, shoot enemy tanks. But I actually think it was quite good for, like, a. I think that Game Jam was two weeks long or something. Yeah. So yes, for something built in that time frame, uh, I think it came together pretty well, honestly. Yeah, definitely. We haven't played many Game Jam projects on stream or anything, and that's... Haven't made any Game Jam projects ourselves. That's true, too. Yeah, I'm not really, like, of the things that happen in, like, the independent game sphere, I've never really been a big Game Jam guy. It's, again, not not that I'm like inherently against it or anything, but I think that so much of the game dev process for me involves iteration. <laughs> yeah. That like the the whole like build a thing and then kind of toss it aside. toss toss the overwhelming majority of it and then move on to something else. I don't know. I've just never it's never fit my like personal like sensibilities workflow wise. I guess, but it's fine. It's still really cool to see people turn that stuff out like that. And again, that's neat if you um, whether you take a project and kind of build it into a, a further evolution of that project, which I believe is the plan with Crab War. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to, we'll talk about that in a minute, that they're going to try to expand that out into, like, a broader, more complete tank game. But whether you do that or you're just making stuff just because it's easier for you to get some creative thing out there. like Yeah, just, like, again, rapid prototyping, basically. Yeah, because we can certainly speak to, <laughs> you know, having worked on games for years and years and years at this point. It is hard to ship a thing that's even as polished as the stuff we've been able to put out so far. Like, it just takes so much effort that, like, I absolutely understand the impulse to just, like, I want to make something. And I just literally, you know, I need to get it out of me. And, <laughs> and, I, and like, even plus with, like, platforms like Itch, you can just put stuff out there for people to experience in any state of completion or lack thereof or just simplicity. Like, that's really great. I like that a lot. It's very, very cool. And yeah, like, so we had a good time checking it out for mm-hmm. our little stream. But yeah, to get back to Crab War specifically. Crab, crab, So it crab. is a tank combat game. I guess technically in the vein of things we've played like Gunner Heat PC, although I don't uh, believe the final product is going to be that fiddly because <laughs> that game was like a sim down to like it has actual, you know, real military hardware in it. Yeah. And like things like reloading and stuff happen in real time in that game where like, you know, you can shoot. I'm, I'm assuming a, a militarily accurate number of shots <laughs> from your tank and yeah. then like you know it takes an, a built-in amount of time for the virtual theoretical people inside the tank to reload the gun or whatever and so this doesn't go that far crab game is more crab war crab war thank you uh it doesn't go that far it, it's arcadey enough and that like you know you can fire infinite shots uh you don't have to manage like fuel or anything which are definitely like for my tastes i'll go as far on that side of the spectrum as you'll let me i don't care if these tanks are accurate in any way i just want to like drive around and blow mm-hmm. stuff up bang like, bang I, <laughs> None of that hyper-realistic stuff is... It's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah, same. So I'm totally fine with that. But that said, there is a lot of tank-specific stuff in it, even in the game that already exists right now. Controlling the treads individually... And the, you control the treads independently of the turrets. You kind of do all those three things yeah. at once. It's well, like, even like the direction and turret 
can be completely separate. Like you can, in theory, move them both in the same time. You've got a little viewpoint. Yeah, and the turret does move. Like the, in that sense, it is a little bit like it's not like a if you're playing on a mouse. Let's say you're not like doing one sick 180s in like a frame. <laughs> With your tank turret, it, it it does move in a somewhat real time. Like, yeah. It moves in a fashion that is not one-to-one with your mouse cursor. You basically, like, put your viewport where you want it and then push a button. And in its own time, the tank mm-hmm. will kind of, like, pivot and turn to face the position you want to eventually fire. So it's got that stuff going for it. Um, which, I, honestly, especially the tread thing, I think, because we had talked about this a little on that Discord play session, too, of, like, I don't think you should lose that if you're going to be a tank game. I, I really like the, like, left tread, right tread yeah. as individual inputs. To control your movement, because that's what basically what separates a tank from just like anything, any video game vehicle otherwise, yeah. right? <laughs> like if you're going to be a game that's about tank combat, even if you don't want to go full sim route, you might as well like lean into the mechanics base, of right, the, the, the base, vehicle. most iconic mechanics of how a tank works. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And for that reason, I like I said, I do think even in that little demo, I had a little bit of trouble getting my footing under me. Mm-hmm. I actually think that'll be kind of much improved over a, a longer game too because you'll have, like you can start with a very simple thing. Very, right, very, very simple encounters and kind of wrap your way up. Whereas like with a game jam project, you want it to be like the little bit of gameplay you are able to make. You want it to be entertaining mm-hmm. from the jump. So it's like, yeah. like the idea of a big slow tutorial <laughs> and like a small little couple week thing doesn't really make sense because at that point it's just like boring. You've built a tutorial. You've you built a tutorial, right? You yeah. haven't really built anything that is in any way representative of like a broader, yeah, funner gameplay loop. So I think that that makes a lot of sense in the context of it being a game jam project. Yeah. And at the same time, I think it, assuming they go on to expand it into like a fuller, more fleshed out game and you can ramp people up a little more with like, all right, here's an encounter with like two tanks, you know, mm-hmm. fight them and just like learn to move and learn to aim. And then we'll kind of like, you know, curve you up from there. Yeah. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for the future of a project like that. Yeah, like I said, I had a little trouble figuring out, but I do like the overall like managing both treads and the turret kind of simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Of that like rubbing your stomach, patting your head, sort of like <laughs> <laughs> multiple plate spinning gameplay thing. I think that's the part of that game that needs to stay for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, evolving the, into another thing. It's the tank. And they had uh, right now how aiming does work is that like I guess you could just aim using your view, like the view of the main screen, but I probably wouldn't recommend it. So mm-hmm. the the game as it exists right now is there's a you know a main viewport where you just see the tank third in the world person. around you, yeah, third person, yeah, like over the shoulder, I guess. <laughs> if tanks have shoulders. <laughs> And in, the bottom, in the bottom right corner of the screen, there's a much tighter, essentially like first person view down the barrel of the mm-hmm. tank tank gun. So that's what you really should be using to like fine aim. Like and it's got like a mm-hmm. tiny little like dot reticle in it for to show where your you know target will be lined up at. And so like what I was doing is at least what I, I assume will be what pretty much everybody will do in the way the game is currently set up right now is like getting 90% of the way into position by just looking at the tank itself mm-hmm. and the big view- viewport driving around. Mm-hmm. Fine tuning it with the and then, yeah, ADS when, basically. When you're like mostly in position, right? Like then kind of like really lay on the like hold button to aim gun and then look at the bottom corner of the screen and get your like fine trajectory on before you start firing. But I think that worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, and we'd also even talked about in that Discord call about maybe giving people the option to like do something that's more like a modern first-person shooter, like, aim down sight system mm. where it's like, okay, you're in this mode until you push a button and then, like, it shifts to, like, the whole view is down the tank barrel. Mm. I, I think that could work, too, just fine as, like, an option for people. I kind of, I like having both in there to let people choose, honestly. Yeah, because one of the nice things about having that little viewport was that you could kind of look around corners right. beforehand and figure out where, because, like, the enemy tanks are kind of moving all the time, whether or not they, like, have seen you 
or they haven't yet. So being able to like kind of peek around a corner, see what's up and either charge forward or reposition and try a different angle. I think is pretty valuable. As far as other systems in the game go, especially things that I would expect to see in the final product for sure. Huh? More crab. Well, the, the thing is, I bet there, I don't think there will be necessarily <gasps> crabs and stuff because it sounds like the, what will happen is that like it will become a more straightforward like no. tank combat game without the without less of the silliness and no. the giant monsters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that you're note note that Aww. now, so they'll like you can get your feedback in. <laughs> but I I think I agree with you too that like it would be a funny you know gimmick to do a more of a what was that name game I name dropped again that I still can't remember the name of with the giant bugs. <laughs> Earth Defense Force. Yeah, I still I don't know why every time it's just to the, it's a name that's so generic that I can't, <laughs> I mean, you're can't not be wrong. bothered to remember it. Like it would be a potentially funner gimmick to have like to make it more like an Earth Defense Force kind of thing where like instead of just fighting you know, tank v. tank battles, you either replace those with monsters or, like, kind of intersperse them with, like, oh, also, sometimes you fight, you do fight kaijus to to maintain that part of the project. I don't think it's, like, essential, but it would be, you know, it it is an avenue you could go down. I like it. (laughs) But that's another, like, art asset thing, too, Mm. of, like, you know, like, full game, you'd want, you gotta buy a big-ass crab on the asset store or learn to make a nice one or something, I don't know. Big crab, (laughs) big crab. But yeah, I, I, th- I think I think the current plan for the project is not necessarily to implement that. But it's Aww. good to good to good to voice that opinion, Lorraine. If it means <laughs> if it means a lot to you, like I said, I don't I don't know if I have strong feelings one way or another. I can definitely see the value in it for mm. sure of kind of what you are hinting at of just like, well, that's fun and different. <laughs> crab, crab, crab. But again, it just changes like the way you're going to build other stuff. Otherwise, uh, changes the encounter design a bit. It's, it changes everything to some degree. Crab, crab, crab. But as far as other tank-based things, other things that are in there that I would expect to move forward are, like, the tanks can take dynamic positional damage. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, the treads are independent of kind of, like, the body, which is independent of the, I still don't know. Like, the Did turret mechanism. Did actually do anything? Was there any mechanical so thing in the that, game? That was one of the things I was going to get at of, like, because I, I, I had asked about that specifically later, not during our stream, yeah, but yeah. after in that other play session. I had I had said, like, would, wouldn't it be cool if the, um, you know, taking damage to the individual parts, like, if your right tread gets really blown up, then, like, it's harder to turn or whatever. And he said that's already in the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would say maybe like amp that up more in the final thing. And you played I, it, not me. It right, was I impossible to tell. And I like I didn't play a lot of it. You know, I played I mean, that game for a, what about an hour. Played what there was. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that play session, it was not a thing I was like looking out for necessarily. It was a mm-hmm. thing that I kind of thought of after the fact. But having said that, I didn't notice that while we played it. Like I didn't. It didn't uh, jump out to me immediately mm-hmm. that that's a thing that was happening. And it's also quite possible that the, one of the reasons I didn't notice it was that, like, I was, again, just, like, doing my best to understand the controls that I was, like, by the time I had bothered to kind of, like, part my ass and start shooting and stuff, I was pretty much stationary until they killed me. Mm. <laughs> so that's another thing that, like, as you're playing the final game, like, it, it might be more evident over, like, yeah. a wider variety of levels and scenarios. But it just as a casual observation... Mm-hmm. My initial impression was that, like, I I didn't quite notice that that was in the game already. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it was something I had been wondering about while we were playing, and just didn't bring up. So I was just curious if that was anything, and if especially if you had noticed it or not. Right. Yeah. So it's possible that that maybe turn that up a little bit, or maybe again just like get more feedback from other people, mm-hmm. like a wider variety of folks, like see if like you know other po- people sit down for some version of that for an hour or two, be like, so how does it feel? You know, normally, how does it feel after you take damage? What do you think of the controls or whatever? My other piece of feedback personally, which again is more of a like, kind of like my personal preferences for stuff, not necessarily yeah. how, I th- how I think this product should change, but I did uh, find the, the tread control specifically to have like 
more inertia than I would have liked. Mm. And that like it takes a it both takes a while to kind of like in holding down the input to ramp it up to where like that tread is really rolling and it kind of takes a while to cool down. Like in the the itch build of that of the game jam game, you can even see the numbers on screen that correspond to basically how much mm-hmm. force velocity, whatever that actual value is. Yeah. But it's a number that goes up when the tread is active, tops out when it's at top speed, and then like falls down mm-hmm. as you've let off the input. So you can even see in real time while playing it how much uh like how long it takes to kind of wind it up and how long it takes to kind of wind down. Yeah. And I I absolutely understand it because, you know, it's, it's a tank. Tanks are big and weird and slow. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it takes, you know, a decent amount of momentum to get them really rolling and they don't just like stop on a dime in real life at the very least. But for me, I found I did find that to be like a little distracting of mm-hmm. like whenever I would like. I push the button I want to move and when I let off of it, like like especially when pivoting and stuff, like when you do like thinking of like, you know, doing a 180, yeah. kind of rotating the tank in a single spot. I found it, like, it felt really weird to me to, like, going from, like, a full forward to, like, a turn. Every time I did it, it kind of screwed me up while I was playing mm. because there was so much inertia on the input that yeah. it just didn't feel like uh, it got me in the, into the turning motion as fast as I would have liked. Or that once I did, it was like, oh, I know, I want to stop turning. <laughs> and and I would have probably over-rotate at least, like, you know, five to ten degrees more than I intended because it had already gotten spun up in that way. I wonder if you could have countered that by like moving in the opposite direction. Well, that's what I so that's what I ended up doing, which mm-hmm. again, like I said, it just felt really loose in a way that depending on what you're going for might be exactly what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. But it, it for me it felt like I was never in the mode where like, all right, I know I absolutely feel like I can push this for this amount and then I'll get the thing I want. It was kind of like, you know, push and then wiggle back and then go wiggle back and forth a little bit and kind of like do a dance with my <laughs> like two fingers over two different a couple of different buttons trying to like dial it in in a longer period than if the the cooldown on that like mm. build up of momentum would have just been smaller. So so for me again to tune to something that is more like of something that I personally with my own personal preferences would play more of. I definitely prefer something that is a little more directly controllable. Like I said I really like still like the fact that the the controls are separate, but I like I just want my inputs to be active when I push them <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> but again, I don't remotely think that that's like a like every game has to be like that or that it's a problem if this game chooses to go the other route. It's just a matter of you're going to need to own that kind of and and mm-hmm. maybe attempt to ca- uh, account for that in other ways. Like another thing I had mentioned if they were going to implement controller controls, which I think will probably happen at some point, was to put a little bit of like a reticle friction on the turret, like first person shooter style, where like it, once you have kind of like as you're spinning and you get over an, a target that is hittable, like mm-hmm. an actual enemy combatant, to have it like slow down your motion there to make it harder for you to overshoot in that sense, mm. which is it would be interesting combined with the like positioning of the vehicle too, because that's those are like kind of two very different things that I'm not 100 percent sure how that would work out in practice. Actually, yeah. but again, I'm just spitballing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing out ideas. He's just talking. But yeah, it's uh for uh, I guess my last thought on that is that if you want it to, if you want a core of the game itself to be kind of a more like part of this game is that the controls are a little cumbersome and you need to overcome them. I think that's fine mm-hmm. and, you know, lean into that. But if much more of the game you're interested in is more like the tactics of the thing, mm. like it's more about like uh, which route you want to take through the encounters or like like what shots you want to take at what positions. If that, if that's more of what you're leaning into of like this is the big thing about this game, yeah, then I would personally potentially pull back from how the controls feel now and try to tighten them up to be something a little more immediately responsive. Because I don't think either of those is bad, but I think like I don't think one segues very cleanly into the other like i think if it's supposed to be a very like deliberate tight 
strategic type experience. I, I think you want to pro- that that is not a sim. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think you want to probably try to, for the most part, get out of player's way in terms of the moment to moment controlling the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if it's the opposite, that's totally okay. Like, if it, if it's more of like you have to kind of overcome the big lumbering, you know, goopiness of controlling a big heavy vehicle, then that's fine too. I just don't know that those things play together super well. I mean, it might just make for a more either frustrating or challenging process, depending on mm. who's behind the wheel yeah. and, and how that, they in how much they struggle and how they then interpret that struggle. Right. And to take it back to um, kind of our decision making and stuff going forward, we're talking about games that are very different from each other, but some game dev concepts, at least in theory, mesh very well from one product to another. A thing I want to do in within our next pass or two of Super Cucumber, the 2D platformer we're working on is to strongly rework the way that hitboxes and hurtboxes work to make them mm-hmm. very generous for the player kind of across the board. Because right now, how they work in our game is that, you know, if there's an enemy, for example, it basically has one hitbox, and that will be, like, the same hitbox for if you touch it, one you will take damage. One point of collision. Yeah, like... if you touch it, you will take damage, and if you hit it with an attack, you will deal damage. Mm-hmm. And in the future, what I'd like to do is break those two things apart so that, like, the game is as generous as it can be to the player in general when trying to, like, hurdle over an enemy... Like, so in, like, a Mario parlance or whatever, like, you know, if you are trying to avoid a paratrooper or whatever, like, I want that that impact to be very small, so you have, a, like, a mm-hmm. pretty wide margin to get around them. But by the same note, if you're trying to, like, hit them with, like, a, you know, in that game, like, a fire flower or something, or in our game, like, a punch or a kick or whatever, I want that to be, like, probably the, si- the size of the sprite and then a little extra on most mm-hmm. sides <laughs> to give you the most chance for contact and to minimize situations like some of the ones we've got now where... You'll like clearly put a projectile that that visibly moves through some part of the sprite, but doesn't count as a hit because we don't want necessarily like your toe to nick, you know, one pixel of an enemy's head and then mm-hmm. c- count as a death. <laughs> it's a little too precise right now. Yeah. In a just kind of aggravating way or mm-hmm. and, unfair in some instances. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that I think can make or break what players sensations are in terms mm-hmm. of feeling if a game is quote-unquote like fair or not yeah and when people really when players really say that like i said i think the if you want people to be minimally frustrated by at least the like you know their interface with the thing mm-hmm. i think giving them as many advantages as possible is the best way to do that and again that's not an across the board like every game should be minimally minimally frustrating but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but that kind of frustration i think especially for action games like the thing we're making Mm -hmm. should probably be minimized most of the time and like you want to introduce pain points in different places more intentionally than like the like oh man i swear that missed me or whatever (laughs) i mean make it more about the created challenges not the mechanics like make the game challenging not the game play yeah like i that's that's basically what i'm trying to describe yeah for the most part so again we'll kind of see how that plays out with both our game and uh you know, whatever Crab War evolves into <laughs> to some degree. Do you have any other thoughts about Crab War? Because again, we only played it for about an hour. Yeah. And then I saw a little more of it later on, mm-hmm. like the that week or whatever. Or like the week after, however long it was <laughs> in that other Discord meetup. But I do think it's, like I said, I do think there's a solid base there to build mm-hmm. whatever kind of tank combat game you want on top of that. Like the, Hopefully a crab one. Yeah, the tank. <laughs> hopefully a crab-based one. Crab, 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 uh, crab, crab. But the movement currently functions well. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it works as intended. 
and like all oh, the base of like we've got a tank we've got some basic enemy ai we've got those things moving around environments and then it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like scaling up and scaling out <laughs> mm-hmm. to turn that into something that's more like a shippable product that is either certainly a mm-hmm. bigger like effort that takes more than a couple weeks at a time or whatever i think it's in a solid shape to be expanded on yeah for sure and how that happens you know we'll, we'll time will tell oh yeah but yeah so that's crab war mm-hmm. it's on itch right now and you can check it out there by searching for crab war or cotton t-shirts which is the the developer handle the z at the end i believe yes that's true uh or check out kaiju jam kaiju jam too it's part of that bundle too so yeah. any of those things but yeah crab war the game jam game is out now if you want to check it out on your own time Woo. Uh, and the other thing that we played mm-hmm. which is also a work in progress from itch mm-hmm. <laughs> was untitled bird rpg yep and this is another game that came from the local community i think technically crab war had like two to two and a half people working on it in some degree or another i think that was um, like there were a handful yeah, of like credits on a the very screen. small number of folks mm-hmm. but uh bird rpg is a one person thing <laughs> so this is a uh, a single developer uh ada out of line is their itch handle uh, i think it just add a line i think it's just their, their name mm-hmm. on uh, discord or whatever that's where i found this at first was in the locally sourced discord server mm-hmm. but it's a it's a lot of fun too yeah, it was cute. And it's a um it's a pretty like traditional turn-based RPG combat system. Yeah. That has a very kind of like loose, silly fun mm-hmm. like mother-esque, undertale-esque sensibility of like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. It's like overtly funny in a couple parts that are really really amusing. <laughs> like like I I mean all the way through that's kind of the tone, but there are, are mm-hmm. a couple specific gags that like I don't even want to spoil them on here. Like playing with the game space as opposed to yeah. like in it was very yeah. very There's funny. A, at a point you need to find an elected official and that is like one of the funnier things that yeah. I've seen I think in any of our <laughs> one of the funnier individual moments that mm-hmm. I've seen in any of our Twitch streams period playing like weird <laughs> random stuff. And and ga- comedy in games is still hard. Like, comedy is hard just in general yeah but i i yeah i thought that was very funny but yeah the game on a whole i think is pretty amusing and um, mm-hmm. another thing we get kind of talked about because again we had done a wider play session with other developers mm-hmm. and got to see other people try it out a little bit and have some more back and forth with yeah. uh, the developer and like some back and forth with other folks and i definitely think that there's a there's kind of a lot of room to tweak everything in it but after our initial playthrough i was like very much in my head about the the mechanics and stuff like the, specifically the combat mm-hmm. and then kind of letting myself stew on it a little bit and watching other people play it and hearing from the dev specifically about kind of their goals for it i i thought to myself a thing that we talk about all the time which is like i probably wouldn't agonize about tweaking the combat system a ton except maybe to dial it back a bit in terms of difficulty at certain spots mm. uh, because their goal for it it was exactly the thing i kind of just got finished describing of to make a like a funny memorable yeah. little like series of like moments it's a little fun adventure yeah and that seemed to be the thing that they're enjoying the most out of like this the development process of creating the yeah thing. and so with all that in mind i would probably double down on that mm-hmm. and, I, and i said this during that call too of like Go where you think the funnest part of the thing is and go where you're having the most fun mm-hmm. building the thing if you can. Um, yeah, highlight what you want people to see more of. Like if you want to make it like stupidly punishing, then like lean into that. But if you would rather have the like goofier, lighter elements of like a lot of the very silly character designs, the right. fun little like 
story moments that happen here and there, like the zombie vegetables or whatever. Yeah. Like, because if, if I'm even recalling correctly from my like extremely mushy brain over <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend, Summoning like I think it. she, I think she even said that uh, the goal was to like, or that there had been like a decent amount of like the game had already had like mm. a combat system or two. <laughs> yeah, and she wasn't sure where she wanted to land with it, and and after hearing that, my feedback considering the whole thing again was like just i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't throw out what you've got now because it is perfectly functional it's it's a very familiar feeling (laughs) rpg system that like i mean we even mentioned a few things on stream for like kind of some quality of life tweaks and dev was like yeah like that's those are some good just small little things like i think the system on a whole is solid like you don't need to you don't need to reinvent the wheel you don't need to like tear your hair out Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and with all that in mind, I also doubled down on I, I think the biggest pain point we had over the course of that play session playing the demo was like, I think you should, if you're gonna tweak stuff balance wise, you should probably try to tweak things to be minimally like to where there is are minimal situations where you're gonna have to like wipe and yeah. redo a bunch of progress and or just like extensive so, backtracking. Yeah, especially so for like right for overworld stuff. Mm-hmm. Like for like for the tone this game is going for and the thing that it seems to want to achieve, which is just to be kind of like a you know fun, entertaining, mm-hmm. just a romp, romp. That, it, that romp that right that is more about experiencing it from beginning to end mm-hmm. than necessarily like really putting the player under duress to perform at any given point. Yeah, I think that if you have if you wind up with like any significant portion of the game where it's like overworld combat and you see people getting their shit pushed in. Like, mm-hmm. those are probably all the dials I would turn back. Because, like, yeah. boss fights can be a little different, like, because mm-hmm. you're giving the player, like, a hard stopping point. Like, you know, here's a save point. Here's a way to power up, mm-hmm. uh, which the game does that really well, which I appreciate. Yeah, the of, first, like, like, real dungeon had yeah, there, a lot it, of good shit in it. It gives pretty frequent checkpoints in the ter- in the in terms of giving you places to save your progress. And then, from what I could tell in the build that's at now, you can pretty much, like, there's, like, you know, items or vendors or whatever. There's always pretty much a way to kind of refill all your health and MP and mm-hmm. stuff before you do a big, you know, boss encounter. I yeah. think all that stuff rules. And so I, I think in with that context, with, like, all those things in your corner, it's totally okay if people, like, if you tune the boss fights enough to where, like, mm-hmm. people might not just, like, one-shot them trivially without thinking about it. But for the overworld stuff, where it's literally just a matter, like you're, like you said, of traversing like a screener threes worth of, yeah. <laughs> you know, physical space, and fighting kind of like random goofy enemies, like if that ends up being a thing in the in the regular progression, where you start like wiping a ton just in the transition from one old area into a new one, I think that kind of sucks for what this game is trying to achieve. Again, that's not like a criticism of like every RPG ever or whatever. Like you can mm-hmm. try to build products that are different than that, that are tuned different than that, that are more conscious of their combat and their curve and all that stuff. But for this being a thing where the kind of thing you're proudest of is just the narrative mm-hmm. and kind of like the jokes and the, the fun stuff like that. I just don't think it's good to punish people for with yeah. during tedious parts of like, like you said, just navigating the basic mm-hmm. like overworld. I think that's not a great look. And, like, I do understand the, like, kind of like the old, the Final Fantasy method of there are end game areas you can reach really early on, but you'll see the enemies and you'll, like, get killed by them instantly. And using that as, like, a gameplay gateway as opposed to, like, locking everything behind, like, oh, you got to go get this key and unlock this area, like, make it a little more of a natural progression. If that had been the case here, like if you had been able to like potentially wander into this area before you were supposed to, like I could see that being as a completely reasonable spike, I guess, sort of. But mm-hmm. like this was gated behind like two separate blockades of like story content. So it's like you're not like wandering in there and there's no fights between 
no like, there's no middle ground between where you were and where you're going combat wise so it is just like a big peak which i mean like it we kind of like we had to grind to a halt for a little bit because it's like oh we have to be really careful while we're going through here we can't just kind of like enjoy the adventure we're having it's life or death now and using that as like storytelling method is one thing but like kind of just having it be incidental is a little like well, again, less fun to like more flesh out like all the stuff we've talked about you're describing like kind of near the very end of our play session yeah the very end of the demo uh, as it yeah, stands it was basically like the last section before the demo ends we mm-hmm. we kind of hit a part where because again i felt like i was taking a decent chunk of the fights like i felt like i was yeah. fighting most of the stuff up to that point but we, we found some enemies that were like dealing what just felt like a ton of ramped up damage compared mm-hmm. to the stuff we fought beforehand but wasn't it like I'm sure their attacks hit a little bit harder, but their attacks were more complex, too, is the thing. Mm -hmm. They were, like, multiple hits. They were just big numbers on really slow guys or whatever, which, like, can kind of, like, make some sense. But you were fighting, like, everything every screen, basically, and it still wasn't enough. And, like, also, granted, during the stream, the dev did mention that the place we were in had not been really balanced yet. And, and again, we like, I'm totally sympathetic with that because we that show stuff in that state all the yeah. time. The game is called Untitled Bird yeah. <laughs> RPG. It's not done. <laughs> but again, I, again, the, the the goal here is we're tra- doing our best to give like guided feedback for where, like mm-hmm. where, what way to tune it. Because like I yeah. said, I, I feel like my tone coming out of that play session was because this is the place I almost always go with games of like I'm always in the mechanics mm-hmm. side of thing like my my default setting is that yeah so like as we were playing it i was describing oh there's so many you know theoretical ways you could tweak the combat system or whatever but then you know hearing what she wants to get out of the project and letting it sit for a while and then kind of coming here and having this conversation i feel like out of the stream my feedback would have been like oh yeah make the really put reps into the combat system and try to tune it as like tightly as you can to make it a nice mm-hmm. linear up curve. And now what I would probably advise instead is just like keep the combat system in mind. Definitely don't throw it out yeah. whole cloth, but like instead of agonizing over, you know, exactly how many items it might take to defeat this mm-hmm. encounter or like making what level you should be at, how much you have to grind. Right. Instead um, of making like a huge ass spreadsheet and right. And trying to mm-hmm. tackle it from that way and tra- instead of getting really in the weeds about it, I would probably just keep like kind of casually turning the difficulty down in places where it seems too hard until mm-hmm. it's like at least below where people, most people seem to be struggling with it and then kind of call it a day there. Yeah. Like as opposed to being very analytical about it, I would probably be a little more loose and just like not worry about it, have it being tuned quote unquote just right. Yeah. But like being totally comfortable with like under tuning difficulty mm-hmm. just to help pe- the majority of people get to from beginning to end like mm-hmm. to, to make it more accessible so that, more people than not who decide to play it might eventually see the end credits or whatever. Yeah. And I was very tired <laughs> during that stream and the kind of like brick wall that we were hitting was not helping <laughs> my general state. Again, we've been busy. It's yeah. Been a lot of stuff. Going but it was like, I did really like the, the charm of that game really stuck with me. I really, and which from what it sounds like is the part that is like the, like the core of it. The, For sure. Like, thesis statement of this is its silliness yeah. and it looks good and, like yeah. it's not a super elaborate graphically but it's got style I, yeah i really like the um almost like mario rpg right like terrain yeah and how yeah. it like because we've got like uh basically kind of like a tilted plane with polygonal objects in it and then like flat 2d sprites like you described for like then like super mario or paper mario that kind of thing like but it was like it was a fun little vibe and the areas were very um like well themed and like colorful in a really fun way and it was just very pleasant to look at and if that's like the 
presumably the driving force behind this entire project uh i'm all for that that's great yeah i agree so like i said coming out of um coming out of watching a couple people play it like i said separately too just like Mm -hmm. i I just think i've been thinking about it a little bit but i do in in the same way as crab crab war i do think it's uh like a thing where I can absolutely see it being expanded mm-hmm. from the state it's in now into like a more whole final product that uh, you know has a concrete beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of is there any? Do you have any other stray thoughts about it? I would say that one thing, and I like I get that already. The, the game's got vibe is kind of that just like there's random goofy shit happening mm-hmm. all over the place. But I think the beginning maybe could to stand for like to have like ten percent more setup. In terms of like the world mm, yeah. <laughs> and the characters as they relate to each other, because uh, I believe she also told told people like she described us over that Discord call mm-hmm. that like these characters like a bird and a a TV set that they like live together <laughs> that are like roommates. They were like um, characters from I think an animation project. Okay, she had done for school or something, and then she like kind of spun them out into this other thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, even just, like, just add a little bit more to that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think change their dynamic, but, like, even, like, maybe just lampshade that more overtly uh, right from the get-go. Because, like, I, I, like, I both got it, and then it was, I was, like, I just, I just want, like, a tiny bit more <laughs> context for why, why TV sets and animals live in this <laughs> world together. And, like, or, I don't, again, you don't need people, to make, like, lore about like, it, but. Uh, living fish. Yeah. Lizards. Yeah, I'm not saying like write a write a Bible <laughs> about why this universe exists that way, but maybe or do like you uh, if you want to. Um, uh, but I mean, like I mean, another like we can make the Undertale comparison on a million different points, but like their setup is just like there's humans and monsters. The monsters live underground. Mm-hmm. You've fallen underground. Well, I mean, it's also That's an isekai. Monster... <laughs> well, sure, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to do like, you don't have to like explain all the nuances. Just be like. This is what this world is. Here it is. Now you're in it. Yeah, because the thing for me is like, uh, right in the same way, like let's let's use mother, like er, mm-hmm. er, mother two, right? Earthbound, Earthbound. one. <laughs> yeah, like that game sort of like starts in a way that like you understand everything about the world at some point, and then it kind of mm-hmm. ramps up the silliness from there. Where like you know you're a kid in a house mm-hmm. in the suburbs, then like, a meteor crashes. Right, but but like all that, you know what all those things are. Mm-hmm. Most people who play that game know know what all these things are as soon as the game boots up. Where this starts off where it kind of like boots up in a more abstract mm-hmm. universe and like they it describes them kind of living together. But I don't even think the opening in this build of the game, like the opening area is like a house even. I think you're just kind of like outside. It looks like a forest. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think like in just like later passes, just adding a little more that kind of thing, just like a little more like here are things that you do understand and like the make the, the setup a little more. Just a ten, a tad more introductory to the this universe that we're about to spend time in. Even following that train a little bit, like Mother Three, it's a like kind of looks a little familiar at first, but then there's just like there's dinosaurs and like other weird creatures, and then like the game gets progressively weirder mm-hmm. as more of like you you learn more about the land and you see more of the land getting like corrupted or taken over, like transformed essentially. Yeah. So like starting in the like I guess like you were saying like the familiar and then. Even if your character is supposed to be a native of there, knows about the place or whatever, like seeing more of it and kind of like exploring the hell else is out there with the player. Because mm-hmm. like it's the bird is overtly a silent protagonist. It's called out. It's part of the humor. It's great. Right. So like you don't need to like worry about their take on whatever. Like they'll just have their little dialogue box and 
have their little portrait, like making faces or whatever, mm-hmm. given the mood. Like you don't have to tell them why the, I don't remember what the tower was called is there or what it does. It doesn't matter, but it's there. <laughs> and there's the, the gems there mm-hmm. and we're going to sell it for cash. Um, cause, right. Cause that's the thing. Actually, I think that could help a ton like that. Maybe that is where I'm really getting at now that we've like drilled ourselves all the way down to like what the like goal and or the stakes are of this game. Looks like I said, I don't think you need to explain a magic powerful crystal in the game and then it eventually splits into four things or whatever and you mm-hmm. eventually have to find them all. I don't think any of that needs more that's context. Fine. Yeah, yeah, that's whatever. fine. But like ship give, it. Give our uh like our bird and TV <laughs> characters like expand on their relationship a little more. Like let us know. Give us a little more of like do they like each other or like kind of dislike each other or are they kind of neutral? Because I, I don't think their their relationship is super defined in the game as it exists right now. And similarly the like the inciting incident, the reason we're going on an RPG style quest, mm-hmm. it, like you said, is pr- is just like the TV wants cash, I think, which is like a fine like throwaway joke, but I think it could just be a little stronger if it was like what what maybe the TV wants cash because like they're about to get evicted from their apartment or <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Does that make any sense? No. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> just to just to add like a little because like mother mother three does that too, right? Like there are stakes in that, like you know. They're needles, but yes. <laughs> but like, there's wah, like wah. a uh, like it matters why this why everything in the game is happening. Yeah, and I mean, the, you like you that... find out why, but like you're just like everybody's like individual stories. Yeah, going from like Lucas to um to Duster and Cliff and everybody like they're they all have reasons for like they're very small at first, and mm-hmm. then you see how interconnected they all are, and like where that is taking them definitely has stakes yeah basically i just think the it, world ends at yeah, that I th- end of that I think, game i think it's a like a stronger narrative hook to treat your uh like your core conflict like the the the, the reason your characters your are about to go incident. Invent- yeah the reason your characters are about to go adventuring to treat that relatively sincerely and not mm-hmm. not, not just lampshade that because for me for my taste at least that goes one step too far of like like you're going on a world adventure because that's what adventurers do, idiot. And I'm not even saying that the game does this now in mm. the state that it's currently no, in. Yeah, but like, the like tongue-in-cheek like kind right, of other deal. like jokey, like right, like things that are probably more satirical than Untitled Bird RPG mm-hmm. are just like you're the chosen one, idiot. And like mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just like to me, that's not clever. That's just kind of like boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like I said, this game doesn't really do that right now, but it also doesn't do the other thing I said, which is like more slightly broadly establish. Mm-hmm. Like why you know Bird and TV <laughs> and and the friends you're about to make along the way uh, mm-hmm. want to or need to go on an adventure of any kind and setting that stuff up just a tad more strongly I think would be super cool and I think that's most of my, uh, my thoughts on Untitled Bird RPG probably uh, do you have any anything else <laughs> you wanted to add any stray observations I don't think so it's uh, not at the moment from right, what I've seen right on well yeah it, that's a fun little thing I would definitely advise if you're interested in like you know, turn-based RPG things that have a solid mm-hmm. sense of humor, I would definitely check it out. It is also on Itch. Go to Itch and search for either Untitled Bird RPG or Ada Out of Line. You should be able to find that game just fine. And you, and it's a couple hours, like it's a roughly two-hour mm-hmm. demo, so there's like a pretty solid chunk of it to play if you're interested yeah. in checking it out. Uh, and yeah, and generally speaking, I think it's a pretty good time. I think it's coming along. I think there's a solid framework there to build off of for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, and with all that said, uh, I don't really have anything else. I think we might just call it a show. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Lorraine, for hanging out. Ooh. Thank you, Colette, for chilling. She's big chilling. 
Uh, like I said, I'm not 100% sure what our output's, output's going to be over the next couple weeks. I am going to keep make, working on game dev stuff, mm-hmm. and the other things, we'll try to get to them <laughs> if we have the time. So yeah. whenever we do stream, you can find us on Twitch uh, at Cubicorn Games. Mm-hmm. We try to post the archives of those stream on YouTube at Cubicorn Games. Uh, so, you know, developers or anybody else can kind of see what we've done after the fact. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on social media at... Facebook, Twitter, a co-host, or the People Making Games Mastodon at Cubicorn Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this podcast can be found and subscribed to wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. iTunes, Google, all those places. You can find us on everything. Yeah. And if you've got a game that you have made, you've got a build in progress, if you see something neat uh, that you'd like us to check out, email us at podcast at cubicorngames.com. We're always looking for indie stuff to play. Hell yeah. And I think that's all the things. And and you can find our projects. If you search mm-hmm. for Cubicorn Games on Steam, you can find Down the Drain, which is out now, and Super Cucumber, which will be out probably next year. <laughs> Woo! And yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's all the stuff. <laughs> so many things. So much stuff. So many plugs. Wow. Uh, so yeah, thank you again, Lorraine, for joining me and having a little chat about more wonderful indie projects. Of course. Uh, thank you again, Colette, our cat, for Sweet being babe. chill and not knocking too much stuff over or She's being too naughty while good we record. Girl. And thank you to everyone out on the internet for listening. Uh, we really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to to check us out. Wow. Have a great couple weeks, everybody, and we should be back in roughly fourteen days with another episode wow. of the Cube Corn Cube Corn Games podcast. Incredible. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Bye. Night, afternoon, or evening. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.